0: And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order of delicious protein bars. You know in those Marvel movies where uh, Thanos gets all the Infinity Stones, puts them on that glove, and causes... The removal of half the population from the earth. It was called the blip. It was later rectified in Endgame where things were made right by the Avengers and life was able to move on. That's kind of how I see the last few games for the Boston Bruins. A loss to the New York Islanders on Thursday and a subsequent loss to the Rangers on Friday amounted to a 13-4 deficit for the Bruins in terms of scoring and the raising of many questions about the composition of this team and what is wrong. Are they very good? On Sunday, they came back and beat the Rangers by a score of 4-1 to in what was probably one of their most complete efforts to date, and it was great to see. We'll get into that here in a moment, but before that, let me remind you the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, whatever podcast app you use, please do hit that subscribe button so that each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. I should add, February we set a new record for uh, downloads in a single month, and I'm very much appreciative of all those who listen to 1, 2, uh, several episodes. It really means a lot that you tune in on a regular basis. And uh, I am very thankful for all of you locked on Boston Bruins listeners. If you're on Twitter, you can find the show at LO Boston Bruins. I'm at ENC McLaren with my uh, hockey tweets and dad jokes. And if you're on Instagram, the podcast is locked on Bruins. So let's get into Sunday's win over the New York Rangers. Before we do that, let me go back to Friday night's uh, stinker. They lost 6-2 to the New York Rangers after losing 7-2 to the Islanders the night before. And I was very impressed with Brandon Carlo's comments. He has been wearing the A in the absence of David Krejci. And I think he really said it best after the game. Uh, You know, he's only, what, 24, 25. But he has been around for a few years now. And he said, For the guys who have been here for a while, we need to start by leading and giving that example, going out there and doing the right things. There are going to be ups and downs, and it's difficult when things aren't going as well. But you've got to have the next shift mentality, next game in this case, and move forward. He also said, This doesn't happen here, and it can't go any further than this. There's been times... In his first couple years where they've had games like this, but they've always bounced back. It's definitely unacceptable, and we've got to look in the mirror and move forward, recognize, and learn from these past few days. And that's exactly what the Boston Bruins did on Sunday. And the tone was set very early on by the top line of David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, and Brad Marchand. It was the captain specifically who started things off with an energetic and forceful opening shift, and Bergeron delivered a heavy hit on New York defenseman, former Bruin Ryan Lindgren. Uh, Marshand also laid the body on Lindgren. Lindgren was uh, very vocal in the game on Friday, very physical, and those two guys set the tone early on by laying the body on Lindgren, and things kind of snowballed from there in the Bruins favor head coach Bruce Cassidy said they're the leaders of this team they need to set the standard in a lot of different ways that's what we wanted to do the first shift and carry that over when your leaders bring that message and carry through the staff's messaging no doubt the coaching staff had been very vocal during and after the two losses and before this game against the Rangers Uh. It's a trickle-down effect, and that's what happened. Uh, They made it very difficult on the Rangers to generate offense. They were forechecking well. They checked well, and Cassidy knew if they did all that, then eventually the goals were going to come from the players in that room. It wasn't the top line who provided the goals on this one. It was Charlie Coyle who scored the first goal, a beautiful play uh, over Alexander Georgiev's shoulders into the back of the net and then an empty net goal on the penalty kill late in the game. Trent Frederick added his second of the season, his first indoor goal of his career, and then Charlie McAvoy uh, put an exclamation point on things with a blast uh, past Gorgiev, I think I said Gorgiev earlier, uh, in the second period um, to really help put the Bruins ahead and give them a lead that they would not uh, relinquish, uh, which we love to see. Before we get into the nitty gritty details of the game and the latest of what's going on with the Bruins, I did want to reiterate what Carlos said. There are ups and downs in every season. I think if you look back even last season when they won the President's Trophy, you'll notice they lost like 8 of 9 at one point. They had a few game losing streaks, some lopsided results, but this Bruins team has always found a way to rebound and show that they can bounce back that it is just a blip that they are a good team and we saw that here again on sunday Uh, like i said i believe it was just a blip the last couple games prior to this one that this is a good team is it a perfect team no they have uh still some question marks on defense Uh, they need some added secondary scoring i believe still that is a problem uh, Jake DeBrusk has only one goal on the season, four assists, I believe. Uh, Anders Bjork was scratched from Sunday's game. He hasn't been scoring, although he's been generating plenty of offense. Uh, Charlie Coyle finally came through with a couple goals, but I'd still like to see more from uh, Craig Smith, from Sean Corrally. Uh Carson Kuhlman was brought into the lineup. He had a couple shots um, in about 11 minutes of play. Uh, some more offense from the blue line would be nice. Charlie McAvoy really leading the way there. Zborl's looking close, however. Uh, this isn't a perfect team by any stretch of the imagination, but they are a good team, uh, and they could very well be the favorites to come out of the East Division. But when you're making the kind of transition that they have on the blue line, incorporating several young players, when you have injuries to that already uh, in-progress blue line to Jeremy Lozon, Matt Grizzlick wasn't able to play in this one, Kevin Miller is out, then, you know, there are going to be bumps along the road. We saw that happen on Thursday and Friday, and the mark of a good team is the ability to bounce back and to not allow that blip to become a pattern and then not allow that pattern to define your season. Uh, So good on the Bruins for responding. I thought Tuukka Rask looked pretty good. He had a sub-900 save percentage coming into this one. He stopped 20 of 21 shots for a 952 save percentage. That's what we want to see, and those kind of performances will get him back to the level he played at last season and the level that we all know he can indeed reach. Before we get To more on this game and more on how the Bruins are doing, I want to just chat for a moment about Locked On Today, a great new podcast that we have here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today on this podcast, uh, host Peter Bukowski is talking about the relationship between Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe wherever You get your podcasts. Again, going back to yesterday's game, I mentioned right off the top the top line set the tone, and Charlie Coyle echoed that later, saying, That's Bruins hockey. When we play that way, I think we have more fun. You see our work pay off, and we are a hard team to play against. We get the result more times than not when we play that way. You could see it every shift, guys doing their job, playing their role. Playing to their identity, and that's huge. It's fun to play that way, and it's fun to get the results. Coyle stepped up in a big way with those two goals. He's getting more of an opportunity with David Krejci being out. And, you know, there are questions about David Krejci's long term future with the club, seeing as he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. And so we could very well see a situation next season where. Like we saw on Sunday, you have Bergeron on the top line, Coyle on the second line, Jax on the third line playing at center, and, you know, it might not be the worst thing if that were to happen. Obviously, Krejci's value cannot be uh, underestimated. I would hate to see him go, but, you know, that could be a workable trio down the middle to be sure. I think Jaxtonica looked very comfortable in the middle, much more comfortable than playing on the wing. And I even floated the idea of perhaps keeping him at center once Krejci is healthy. Perhaps flipping Coil to the wing. He has some experience there. Uh, that was kind of poo-pooed by some, including Jimmy Murphy, uh, who, you know, we had a good discussion on Twitter about that. Perhaps it's not the best idea, but worth considering at the very least because of how well Stanika has played down the middle as opposed to on the wing. You had a line of Stanica, Frederick, and Jake DeBrusque. They played a hard game with the puck in the offensive zone. A young line, and sometimes young lines get light and they want to make fancy plays, but they did a really good job generating offense not just off the rush, but protecting pucks and supporting one another, and that was a great a uh, little trio that had going there. Obviously, uh, Frederick had the goal. Bresque wasn't able to find the back of the net, but uh, his underlying numbers were pretty strong. I'm kind of lukewarm on him these days, not necessarily seeing him as untouchable or untradeable. Uh, but if he can find the back of the net with some regularity, then maybe that tune would change, although that has been always the issue with him is getting that consistent Scoring Trent Frederick, like I mentioned, did find the back of the net, and he's just doing it all for the Bruins right now. He's starting to piss off the opposition. I wouldn't even say starting to. He has been regularly. He can uh, check. He can back up his words, and he's starting to back it up with points as well, shooting more, uh, generating some offense, and the more complete player that he can turn into, the better off uh, the Bruins will be. I thought Charlie McAvoy had a very strong game. Uh, if you look at uh, Connor Ryan on Twitter, who has been on the podcast a couple of times, he's a very good uh, follow for all Bruins fans. He pointed out uh, some key stats when it came to McAvoy's uh, game yesterday. He pointed out to the fact that when McAvoy was on the ice, 18 minutes, 43 seconds of 5-on-5 five five ice time, the Bruins held some lopsided advantages in shot attempts, 31-9. to nine. Shots on goal, 8-4, to four, and scoring chances, 12-3. to three. Just a monster effort from Charlie McAvoy, who truly is putting himself in the Norris Trophy conversation. That's not just Bruins fans uh, overvaluing Charlie McAvoy. That's not seeing things through black and gold lenses. It's a legit fact that Charlie McAvoy is developing into an elite NHL defenseman, and certainly deserves some credit when it comes to, uh, you know, the Norris Trophy conversation. It's just a fact at this point. Uh, He was paired with Jacob Zboral and that pairing looked pretty good. We're seeing Zboral get a bit more uh, comfortable with the puck, and also start to generate some offensive opportunities as well, and... uh, I think you're really seeing him start to become a more complete defenseman as well, uh, which is great. I mentioned uh, Miller, Lozon, and Grizzlick were still out of the lineup. Vakaninen was in there. John Moore was given the day off for Steve Campfer to make his season debut. And uh, once everyone's healthy, there will be some questions to be answered on the blue line uh, for sure. Overall in this one, the Bruins held a 54-39 to advantage when it came to uh, shot attempts at 5-on-5, five five. 34-18 the sh- actual shots, scoring t- chances 20-17, to high danger chances 9-4, to so really a dominant effort from the Bruins overall, uh, which you love to see despite the blip. They're still a very effective possession team. They're 4th when it comes to shot attempt differential at 5-on-5 with a percentage of 54.06. When it comes to expected goals, which looks at not only the shot attempts, but the quality of those attempts, they're 10th at 51.30. And then when it comes to shooting percentage at 5-on-5, They're well down the list at 27th. So, again, it's not just about the number of attempts that they're making, but really high danger attempts, getting to the net. You saw that on Coil's Ghoul. And, you know, the five on five success rate really needs to rise for this team to go from good to great and hopefully they can improve that 5-on-5 scoring here. Uh, as they have since the beginning of the season, obviously they went a few games without a goal at even strength. That's not an issue anymore, but you would like guys like uh, Smith, Coyle, DeBrusk, Kuhlman when he's in the lineup, really generating offense 5-on-5 in order to really give this team uh, the boost that it needs to become uh You know, live up to its potential, which I think still sits at the level of uh, Stanley Cup contender at the very high end. Hopeful, perhaps, a top four team coming out of the East, I think is very realistic at this point. Uh, Although the Flyers are looking a bit better, the Capitals looking pretty good. I think those two teams will be the main competition. And, uh, you know, hopefully the Bruins can avoid the Flyers as well. I mean, sorry, the Islanders as well in the postseason as they have not had success uh, with them. Now, I mentioned Kevin Miller being injured earlier. He has um, missed a couple of games now, and there's some concern about his right knee. Over the weekend, the Bruins claimed defenseman Jared Tenorti off waivers from the National Predators. He was drafted in the first round, 22nd overall back in 2010 by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he has played for the coyotes, uh, the Predators most recently only 88 NHL games over the last decade uh, and only 11 points but he's not you know an offensive generator by any means he's a big body and he is a left-hand shot so many people you know assume that he was being picked up to fill a hole there. I think now he was picked up more for the fact that he is a big body, a physical defenseman, and there could be some concern as to whether Kevin Miller will be able to play again anytime soon. And perhaps that's why uh, our boy Tenorti has been added to the Bruins roster. Um, I don't have any insider information there. That's more conjecture, but there does really seem to be concern about the, um, His surgically repaired knee, that's what's bothering him. And, you know, it was a big ask for him to come back and play a full season uh, after not playing for almost two full years. And uh, so we'll see here as practice begins this week and, uh, you know, Tenorti emerges from quarantine, whether or not he can indeed, um, yeah, crack the lineup and bring that physical presence that the Bruins could miss if Miller is out of the lineup. So that's kind of the latest from the weekend. Overall, the Bruins now sit second in the East Division in terms of points. They are two points back of the Washington Capitals, albeit with uh, two games in hand. So if you go to point percentage, as we do, uh, Philadelphia is actually first with 694, 11-4-3. The Bruins at 684. 12-5-2. Their goal differential took a big hit over the weekend. They're only plus 9 at the moment. And league-wide, that puts them more, yeah, top top 10, I guess, but um, well behind league leaders in Tampa Bay at plus 30 and Toronto at plus 23. Uh, So the Bruins still have some work to do. Uh, I wouldn't say, yeah, like I said, I don't think they're a great team. I don't think they're a Stanley Cup favorite at this point. They could very well win the East Division. Uh, they're a good team. They're a team in transition on the blue line. And there are some question marks up front, like uh, Jake DeBrusque calling him out specifically. Really need to see a lot more from him. Uh, and if not, there could be some changes up front uh, pretty soon uh, or you know, ahead of the trade deadline at the very least because you don't want to waste having... Krejci, Rask still around, and a top line performing at a high level uh, at this point. So, I don't know, that's just my two cents uh, on the Bruins at the moment. And and we'll get more into kind of where they stand league-wide when we update uh, the top five teams around the NHL later this week. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar and it comes in six new amazing flavors, including Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia Lemon Almond Cheesecake. Just those names alone make you want to pick one up. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, but they're not just a delicious treat. You can lose or maintain weight while enjoying built Bars because they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high in fiber. Right now, Go to BuiltBar.com, pick out the bars and products that you want, and you can get 20% off your next order by using promo code LOCKEDON20. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. online is the fastest and easiest way to place bets on all your sports action. They provide real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They also have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, period. It's also free to sign up. Just head to their website or use your mobile device and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The Locked On NHL Fantasy Podcast is going strong with daily advice from expert Scott Cullen. He'll give you the tips, insights, and analysis you need for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. He's breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL, as we do here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. And there are some rumblings out there as to Jack Eichel's future with the Buffalo Sabres once again. This as a result of Eichel seemingly being dissatisfied with the state of the club, uh, a Sabres team that is really reeling at the moment. The Athletics' Fluto Shinzawa suggests The Bruins should look into acquiring Jack Eichel should the Sabers' center become available on the trade market. They can only count on Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci for so long, he argues. Uh, Eichel's no trade protection doesn't kick in until 2022-23, giving the Sabres a wide selection of possible trade partners. The Bruins could fit his $10 million average annual cap hit within their payroll if they don't resign Krejci and Rask this summer. The asking price, however, would be pretty expensive, with one source suggesting it could cost the Bruins at least Charlie McAvoy and Trent Frederick. Multiple bidders with a deeper pool of promising players and prospects could drive that price even further. I would be quite reluctant to trade a player like Charlie McAvoy, Uh, You know, Jack Eichel is a top 10 player in the league when he's on a roll. And um, yeah, it would be very tempting, obviously, to bring him in. But McAvoy and Frederick, that would be a pretty big ask. McAvoy, uh, specifically. He would obviously be a great fit on the team wherever he plays, behind Bergeron, on the top line. The Bruins would love to... Acquire a Massachusetts native. uh, But if it means saying goodbye to Krejci, which is a distinct possibility, and Rask, however, that could be a bit trickier. I don't think Jeremy Swayman's really ready for the number one job at this point. You bring Halak back to be the number one. uh, They'd have to find a viable replacement. Um, So a lot of moving parts when it comes to the Bruins and Eichel, whether or not they have uh, the you know pieces to put a deal together for him, whether or not they uh, have the cap space, what they would do to fill holes created by it, this trade or not signing those players. Uh, a lot of question marks, but obviously when a player or if a player like Eichel were to become available, it's something to explore for sure. Uh, Jimmy Murphy citing an NHL source saying Bruins general manager would still like to add a top four left side defenseman, that being Don Sweeney, of course. Uh, Sweeney is keeping tabs on St. Louis's Vince Dunn, Nashville's Matthias Ekholm, uh, but he also wonders if ownership might limit how much money can be added to the payroll. Uh, there is some cap space, but uh, perhaps there's that internal cap uh stifling things as we talked about back in the offseason when they weren't going after those big guns like uh, Taylor Hall uh, and didn't re-sign Tory Krook. Sorry, going back to Eichel, there seems to be some uh, question as to the status of his current injury. Eichel claimed he didn't get hurt during pregame warm-up before a loss last Thursday to the New Jersey Devils. And that's contradicting what Coach Ralph Krueger told reporters that same night. He said he got hurt against New Jersey on Tuesday, which also forced him to miss Thursday's game. Why he was out for the warm-up if he was injured on Tuesday, I'm not really sure. Um, so, yeah. The Sabres really reeling. There seems to be some issues with the coach and the players. Jeff Skinner's not a fan, obviously. Um, so, there could be... Again, some movement there, and the Bruins could be the beneficiaries, although there are questions too as to whether uh, the Sabres would want to trade Eichel, say, to an Eastern Conference team or trade him out west to the Los Angeles Kings, for example, who have the best prospect group in the NHL. Uh, Another interesting note, Florida Panthers winger Brett Connolly as well as Minnesota Wild goalie Alex Stalock were placed on waivers on Sunday uh Brett Connolly of course was acquired by Peter Schiarelli uh, his last trade made before being canned by the Bruins the Bruins depth on the right side has taken a hit with the injury to Andre Kasha he's currently on a uh four-year contract that sees him make 3.5 million dollars per season so that's a bit rich perhaps he did have, 19 goals in 69 games last season, a 22-81 in 81 the year prior to that. Um, for me, it would be kind of cool to see him come back. He's a good scoring winger, but if we're talking about bringing in a scoring winger on the right side, I would be more into recalling uh, Zach Sinishin from the AHL after he's gotten off to a very good start this season. Anyways, that's it for hockey content on today's episode of Locked on B- Boston Bruins. I should send out a congratulations to Shit's Creek for winning a Golden Globe last night for Best Comedy Series, beating out Ted Lasso, which I also love, but Jason Sudeikis won for Ted Lasso, which was cool to see, Catherine O'Hara from uh, Shit's Creek, uh, The Crown won a bunch, I guess, Borat 2 won Best Comedy with Sasha Baron Cohen winning as well. Big fan of that movie, although I did really love Palm Springs, which if you haven't seen that, uh, do check that out. Uh, It's on Prime up here in Canada. Uh, Speaking of Prime, we finished Season 2 of Yellowstone over the weekend, watched the first couple episodes of Season 3 last night. Wow, what a show. I can't say enough about how good Yellowstone is um, on many levels. I thought perhaps... The third season wouldn't be as dark, seemed to have a lighter tone, but then in the second episode, that went away. Uh, And cool to see uh, Josh Holloway on the show. He played Sawyer on Lost, and he's a great actor, and I'm really excited to see what he'll bring to Yellowstone. Anyways, that's it for today's episode. Uh, The Bruins are off until Wednesday. They will be back in action at home against the Washington Capitals. Actually, a back-to-back or a home series two game series coming up with the Capitals Wednesday and Friday and then they will play the New Jersey Devils on Sunday before another game in Long Island next Tuesday which you hate to see hopefully they can uh kind of uh lift off that monkey that they've been carrying on their back in that arena this season but we'll get to that next week of course happy Monday friends hope your week gets off to a great start And I'm excited about some great episodes coming up this week. Thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for subscribing. And uh, please do take care of yourselves and each other. Peace.